Hi, and welcome to All Things Cozy with Matt and Jillian. We are a bi-weekly podcast about everything that is warm, soft, and comforting. This week, we are discussing the Coffee House Mystery Series by Cleo Coyle. In particular, the first in the series, the novel On What Grounds. Mm-hmm. So we have a latte to espresso about the novel. <laughs> well, those puns. It's <laughs> very creative. But before we get to that, we're going to start with what we always start with, mm-hmm. which is things that are making us feel cozy this week. So I, I feel like by the time this will air, Easter will have been pretty well passed. Yeah. This is kind of a post-Easter cozy feeling or thing, and that is Easter candy. Mm. I love Easter candy. I think it's the highest quality candy of any holiday. Halloween gets a little bit more play because candy is so part of the culture and tradition of Halloween. There's too much of it. Yeah, but on Easter, that's when you get the high quality chocolate. I agree. And chocolate gets center stage. Because there's less, uh, I guess, specific types of Easter candy, so they're more refined. Exactly, yeah. We're getting better at the little things that we do. Mm -hmm. So chocolate bunnies, right? Cadbury eggs. Oh, I love that. The Robin's eggs and like the... Those are my favorite. Me too. I also really like the M&M's, M&M eggs that are kind of the same thing. Yeah. But like a hard shell with like a, a, a lot of chocolate in the middle. Can't go wrong. You just cannot go wrong. Yeah, my mom sent me an Easter basket and it was full of like just chocolate eggs and different variations and we've been slowly picking away at it mm-hmm. you know i don't want to go overboard at once but it's nice to savor like at end of the night a little treat it's it's the chocolate lover's holiday i agree that's a nice way to see it because you can get a lot of garbage candy in halloween right you know but it's like a lot of sugar stuff yeah and just just sugar tangy things but easter is more for that fine chocolate right that okay. fine fine yeah. chocolate <laughs> <laughs> and what's great is that you're like a radio DJ hey? like, more so than like any other holiday the sales like immediately after Easter's yeah. over 75% off candy please buy this like we're done with Cadbury get it out of our stores yeah and that was my big mistake the other week I just bought like a full pack of Easter M&M's I ate them all like in basically one sitting it was disgusting sometimes you just gotta do what you gotta yeah. do I, no I guess I didn't feel like I had like I didn't I didn't have enough chocolate for Easter, and so I needed to just completely overdose on it. Yeah. But now we're kind of I feel like we're in the clear. There's like no there are no more holidays that are. You're right. It's a long. Dry you know, going to going to ruin your diet. Yeah, those Fourth of July goodies. I know exactly. <laughs> that's like that's the only thing. Like at that point, like yeah, you might Earth have like Day. A, uh, yeah, Earth. I I do overindulge on Earth and, Day. And I eat all that Earth Day chocolate. Those dirt cup worms. That could be a oh, yeah. treat <laughs> if I was a kindergarten teacher. That's right. Jillian, what's making you feel cozy? Making dinners. Okay. Um, my partner and I went through a, like I say, Matt, I see you <laughs> revving say, up to say it's something. Right, it's, it's a very food-based, cozy <laughs> vibe. You're right. Um, we, I, we went through some terrible phase where we were just getting takeout all the time. And if I looked at my bank account, I, I would just be so horrified. But we're on this new diet uh, trying to... Slim down. Mm-hmm. And so it's requiring us to make a lot of meals at home. So since I work from home, I'm usually one making the meals, which I don't mind because I listen to podcasts while I cook, which mm-hmm. is like can't just focus on one thing at once, apparently. But multitasking is nice. Yeah. So it's just like a nice little ritual where I get all the ingredients, just can like turn my brain off, listen to the podcast, whatever that might be. And I 
like, oh, I actually can do things. I can make new recipes or some recipe t- turns out really awesome. Mm-hmm. It just makes my night. And it's just cozy making things at home. Yeah, absolutely. Making dinner, sitting, plating it and sitting down and... Plating it. Wow, fancy. Yeah, by plating it, Matt, I mean just literally pouring whatever stir fry concoctions <laughs> onto the plate plating it <laughs> and then sit so down I'm, I'm imagining the scene of mrs doubtfire where he's like putting the mini carrots <laughs> i know a little um, dip yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> mrs jillfire <laughs> wow we got a lot of beautiful puns today for you there's something nice about cooking it's a lot of annoyance more getting the ingredients the thing about cooking let's get my stand-up routine <laughs> your go-to stand-up <laughs> is that it is so much money, especially yeah. like when I was alone, I cooking just ended up being more expensive than eating mm-hmm. out, you know, but it is, it, it adds up, but I'm just trying to not buy things. I'll go bad as quickly. Yeah. Or just trying to use things for a variety of different meals. Like cauliflower rice has been really helpful. You can use that in whatever. Mm-hmm. So zoodles. You love those zucchini noodles. <laughs> yeah. I can't get enough of those zoodles. <laughs> Anyways. Well, so that's that's noble, and, and I'm proud of you. You know, you're trying to eat healthier. Yeah, I today, am trying. Today, Jillian and I went, uh, we had lunch, and everyone ordered at the table, and the waitress was like, wow, what a good choice. That salad's amazing. <laughs> and I ordered my veggie burger and fries, and she was like, okay, I got it. No yeah. compliment on the order. She like, actually was like, did a mini shaming or some somewhat. A somewhat, yeah, of, of like, wow, somebody finally ordering fries. Yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, attention. I'm the only person in Los Angeles ordering fries, evidently. Yeah, for Rocked Her World. Yeah. And she said it kind of loudly. Right. Announced and it. Yeah. <laughs> As if I was just a, a, comp- a disgusting a slob. Pig. Yeah. <laughs> we don't fries. get a lot of you in these parts of town. Fry eater. Yeah. Well, I had We're to load trying. up on carbs to record this podcast. Yeah, I get the energy going because sometimes when we record two episodes in a yeah. day, we're just. Oh, one time when we got Thai food, I'm sure everyone remembers this episode. We were just so and out. I'm sure of the it. listeners are like, well, they all sound low energy all the time. So I, I didn't really notice <laughs> I a difference. But for us, it felt like I felt we like were I was sleepy. Yeah. Both of us were just like. <laughs> but you know what? That's cozy. That's cozy. You know, we're relaxed. Yeah, full tummies. Full tummies. <laughs> Don't you want your podcast host to have full tummies before they record? <laughs> Isn't that cozier to imagine? All right. <laughs> Cozy locations. Jillian, what is your cozy location this week? Uh, this little wine shop called Vinovore, which isn't may not sound like the most coziest name, but um, I think little specialty shops are so cute, and this store is particularly cute because... Like it has, instead of just having wine, it features like a bunch of uh, like books and it's just like a, a really cute wine store. And what's great about it is that all the wine is made by women and they have little stickers on each of them that corresponds to a particular animal and the animal has a different, uh, like, oh, if you, if you're in, if you're a, a tiger, you want this type of wine and it describes huh. describes all the notes so it's color coded which is kind of nice okay that makes sense because when julian and i were living in baltimore we would only bring <laughs> Get animal neck. themed oh, yeah. wines little penguin. Was, it was little penguin was one of them yeah loon <laughs> smoking loon smoking loon that's smoking loon <laughs> yeah it's just a cute little store and it's i, I i'm trying to go to more places that are owned uh, by people in my neighborhood and it's just a small little wine shop and 
there's a mini library there and they oh. have little knickknacks to buy and it's just a cute little store and walking distance. I like that it all it's like woman owned, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. For me, in, in a similar part of town, um, I'm my cozy location is the Silver Lake Hills. And for listeners who haven't been to Los Angeles, that's a residential neighborhood. In LA, a lot of houses are in the hills. And yeah, I, I, the other week I just went for a walk in those, in those hills. Mm-hmm. And it's just really peaceful. And they actually they have public walkways um, through them, like staircases. And it's totally good. accessible to the public. It doesn't feel like that when you're driving up there. It feels like you're encroaching on private territory. Yeah, someone's going to run you over. But it's like, I mean, so it's as public as any street is, like in any neighborhood. Um, so don't be intimidated by all the rich people. But they are really cute houses. Lots of houses for peeping. Yeah. As, as we discussed in our previous episode, we like to peep into houses <laughs> yeah. and see how people are Living getting large. cozy in yeah. there. Yeah. The views are spectacular. Mm-hmm. Just like totally panoramic views of Los Angeles. Like on a beautiful day, there's really nothing more calming than just walking through those Silver Lake neighborhoods up in the hills. Yeah, I highly recommend it. If you do visit, it's like kind of not a touristy thing to do, but it's really it's pretty and calming. unique. Yeah, yeah, it's really just a nice nice little area of town and to escape. And and what I like about it too is and this is something that describes a lot of neighborhoods in Los Angeles is the architecture is eclectic. Yeah. There are lots of different styles. Every house is different. And my favorite lately has been this sort of 1950s fantasy style where the houses look like old European village homes taken from the pages of Hansel and Gretel or Snow White. Like those sorts of, do you know, do you know what I'm saying? Like the, they, look like, they look like they belong in Disneyland, kind of, that, that yeah. sort of style of house. And it, it's a weird thing that like, I feel like got popular in Los Angeles in like the 40s and 50s. All right. Um, so I guess, I guess that does it for Gozy Locations. Yeah. Uh, and we're ready to talk about the novel. Mm-hmm. We hope that you read along with us. Uh, we mentioned at the beginning of the month that we were reading the first in the Coffee House Mystery Series. So um, we, what grounds? We hope that at least a couple of you have joined us uh, with reading this novel. Yeah, Matt had a really good idea when he said that we should announce the book at the beginning of the month. Yeah, so I look forward to. I think. Yeah, because I mean, like, if if you know, maybe you set a challenge on Goodreads and you want to read a certain number of books this year. Um, and we're a good way to you know, stay motivated to finish your books. Yeah. And it's like, look, we're reading Cozy Mysteries, so it's easy just to, like, you could read these things in a week. Mm-hmm. No, no problem. Yeah, and they're just nice. Like, a little weekend read, knock it out in a few hours. No, absolutely. So if you're unfamiliar with the Coffeehouse Mystery series, it is a series written by Cleo Coyle, which is the pen name for authors Alice Alfonsi and her husband, Mark Saracini. And it's it's a pretty long-lasting series. The first one was written in 2003, and I believe it's still going. Mm. On What Grounds is the first entry into that series. The series centers on um, a woman named Claire Cosi, who used to be a manager of a coffee house called The Village Blend in Greenwich Village in New York City. And she's sort of like, she's been living in the suburbs, I think, in Jersey. Yeah, it was Jersey with her daughter, Joy. Right. And the old proprietor has sort of roped her back in Mm -hmm. to managing it again because it had been mismanaged so poor, so badly by the prior managers and she needed somebody competent. And there's a personal connection. And there's a personal connection, which is that she's also her ex mother-in-law because 
her the the proprietor's son, she was is her ex-husband. Yeah, and he's a little bit of a world traveler and he's not really in the picture. Yeah, like, he's a coffee buyer. Yeah. And I guess he had a wandering eye yeah. for those beans around the world and so he you know cheated on her and they divorced and, and she, she raised the kid by herself essentially in Jersey. Yeah, in, in Jersey and to, and she's been in the meantime working as a freelance writer of sorts. Right, yeah. Writing been, about coffee. Yes. She's published one piece, I think, yeah. <laughs> according to yeah. the book. So a two-story, I, I, Mickey, I didn't, it's not even know it was a two-story home in Jersey, but I'm just imagining like a 500K yeah. home in the suburbs with your you know, coffee writing. Evidently, managing a coffee house is lucrative. So Yeah, so there you go. But I mean, this owner loves her so much that she like offers her part ownership of the business if she comes back. And the, apartment. the, big, like, the biggest deal is that she like a like beautiful suite. Like the, the, so the apartment's above the cafe. And she gets to live there for free. I lick the floors. Like, I, I know. <laughs> wow. I would run at, yeah, when she's like, let me think about that. I'm not sure if I want to go back to managing this cafe. I'm like, lady, you live alone in this New Jersey, you know, home. Right. Lonely. I would pack up my bags, look at split and head to that free, <laughs> free place in the city. There's no question, like, what the obvious choice would be. And she does it. She does. Yes, she she, she does. moves back to New York. And her, her, her daughter, Joy, is going to school there, too. And then... She's been managing the store for a few weeks and she's settling back in when one night she discovers that the assistant manager is sprawled out on the floor like she had fallen downstairs mm-hmm. and is like unconscious. This person had been a dancer, so she suspects foul play. Annabelle. Annabelle is the name of the victim. The detective on the case. Quinn. Quinn, yes, is like a hunk that she's falling for. And so you have the um, requisite love triangle for the cozy mystery is, is established with the, de- the, the hunky detective and the uh, ex-husband who's living in the apartment because of some scheme that the mother-in-law cooked up. Um, yeah. So and that's, his name is Matt. And well. his name is Matt. Yeah. So every time I read that, I was like, wow. Matt's some like player coffee me. buyer. <laughs> yeah. That's essentially the plot. I think, I think that's it. Yeah. Let's start with what we liked. And then okay. some things that we like thought could be improved or, or hot topics to discuss about the novel and the series. Well, I think it was a unique premise. Um, just how it's so focused on the coffee shop is pretty cool. And yeah. she would pepper in knowledge about making coffee or the different types of coffee, specialty coffees, what pots you use for mm-hmm. specific things, or just the fact their ex-husband's a coffee buyer or just... It's just an interesting ju- jumping off point, which I hadn't really encountered before, right. which I, I liked. And it had all the greatest hits of a a cozy. Uh, I feel like the protagonist is always a little bit cranky. Mm-hmm. So She's that, been through a lot. Yeah, this look comforting. You know, the typical, you know, cranky one bulldozing her way through. Yeah. She Life. reminded me a little bit of Lucy Stone and her sort yes. of judgmental demeanor yes. toward younger people. Very judgmental. But once again, that was a little bit comforting because what I'm come to expect. Yes. I feel like in, in so many ways, this is the classic cozy mystery that like if you walk into a Barnes and Noble and pick up a cozy, it will feel like this book. Yeah. And also, I don't think I've ever read a cozy that took place in New York City. Yeah, it's rare. Yeah, so that was a new change of pace. I think that's, you know, coffee knowledge and the fact there's a little bit of a change of pace. Right. It's funny. Like, the, everything you said was, were, I agree, like, were my favorite things about the novel, too. So I love the setting. I, I really like New York as a cozy setting because it's a bit unexpected. Mm-hmm. But I think that city and any city that you live in can 
be whatever you make it into, depending on where, where you choose to live and the spaces you inhabit. And you can easily have a cozy experience in New York City. You might have to try a little harder than in Vermont or something. Yeah. But um, it, it definitely exists. Also, I think what's smart about a New York setting is the limitless opportunities for new people coming into the characters' lives in a way that feels plausible. Because I think one thing that a lot of cozy authors struggle with in their series when they set it in a rural area is how do I justify or or set up a character who's coming into the town that everyone knows each other and it makes sense Mm -hmm. and it's just not like, oh, I'm bringing in a fresh person to kill. Yeah. Like like a lamb to the slaughter. (laughs) Or I'm bringing in a fresh person to like be a suspect. And so you immediately like have to suspect the new person in town because it's not going to be one of our regulars. And um, so I think, I think New York is a smart location because you kind of have a never ending supply of like, yeah, you're going to see new people every minute in New York. And there's any number of reasons why people would be in the city. Yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely convenient setting when you think about it. Yeah. I mean, especially like when you're talking about murder too, you don't have the sort of like a, the Cabot Cove syndrome of, <laughs> The, the murder capital, like, yeah, exactly. this is the murder capital of Maine. You know what I mean? Like, like how are there so many people dying in this and little no town? And no one seems alarmed, really. Right, exactly. But it's like, oh, it's New York. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, Another, yeah. A lot of people are, a lot of people die every day in, this, yeah. in cities. So death will happen. It, may, it makes sense that, you know, more believable that the protagonist will encounter murders or like accidents. And a more, you know, bigger breadth of characters too, because, yeah. you know, it's, it's revealed that, Annabelle, you know, worked at a was a, a strip club. Uh, she's a nude dancer. Yeah, or I think as they put it, a nudie club. A nudie club. That's right. Because <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I kind of like nude dancing sounded so tasteful yeah. to a certain extent. I was like, oh, about <laughs> yeah. a nude ballet. Yeah, it sounded just sort of like a modern art thing. Yeah, but you wouldn't really have. I think Tinker's Cove. I don't know how many nude clubs are are abound or. Yeah, in, in reality, probably at least a couple, but in the book, no. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Uh, so there's, you can make your characters a little bit more seedy. Right, exactly. If you want to say. Um, and have it be believable. Yes. So th- to elaborate on the setting, like the coffee house setting itself, like the village blend, uh, that was my favorite thing about this novel. Like that was a cozy place. Like I wanted yes. to imagine that coffee shop. I wanted to imagine the apartment on top of it. My dream is to live on top of a shop that I own. Yeah. And I don't have, I have no interest in owning a shop. That's like not something <laughs> I'll ever do or like I want to do really. But I do want to live on top of a shop. Like a Luke Danes. Yeah, exactly. Like it just it just feels so relaxing and like I just imagine like going downstairs to work. <laughs> <laughs> like that just sounds amazing. Yeah. Um, we could that's kind of neat how you can easily transform worlds. You're in your cozy little space by yourself. Right. And next thing you know, you're you're all your patrons and yes, bustling yeah. town. And it, it makes it feel so personal. It's like mm-hmm. welcome to actually my house as like and I'm gonna serve you coffee. Yeah, and I and like I love that. that. And so, in our next episode, cozy cafes. In that episode, we, you know, we talk about like the what goes into a cozy cafe and what we what we think makes a cozy cafe. Mm-hmm. I think Village Blend sounds like one of those places. It's 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 spacious enough. It has a lot going on. Um, it has like a second level where people can kind of have a quieter scene, and it's bohemian. Like it's it's kind of a mismatched furniture, relaxing environment. And she discusses the pastries that mm-hmm. they have there and their special blend, like specific blends that they have, and um, describes the patrons coming coming in, the, the regulars, which she did a good job of describing. And 
And I liked the coffee details and, yeah, and all of the information too. about coffee. I was reading some like catty reviews on Goodreads after I'd finished the book. And they were like, there's too much filler of coffee facts. And it's like, excuse me, you have picked up a coffee house <laughs> mystery series. Like, what did you <laughs> want? Sure. Yeah. Like, that's like standard in cozy mystery is like, if you're doing like a, a certain st- theme, you kind of want them to live in it. And they live in it. Like it is it is oh, yeah. coffee pun after coffee pun after coffee fact. Even like, the cat's name is Java. And like every place that they go, like they're having coffee, they're talking about coffee. Even when someone's, you know, on the verge of death, she's scared the body, she's thinking about what coffee she's gonna make the police officers who arrive on the scene. Right, exactly. Who wouldn't? Yeah. That'd be my first thought too. Even like the action involves coffee things. Like mm-hmm grounds are flung into people's faces so it's it's really true to what it sets out to do and and yeah those that those are my favorite things about the book like on the on the topic of the writing style it took me a while to get used to the puns but then Mm -hmm. i sort of kind of like started to love it and i was like okay this is the style this is this is the shtick we're in okay i can i can handle this but there was also an inconsistency with sometimes a really straightforward description of things Mm -hmm. Um, like a Spartan sort of like here's what's happening mm-hmm. and then a like purpley like prose you know definitely a lot of cliches abound and well also cliches and the writing but also I think more what stuck out to me was the stereotypes of mm-hmm. the characters like yes. everyone like she wrote what she probably thought a stereotypical you know cop would be or Every single person, even her ex-husband, you know, he's the he's the flaky, you know, bon vivant around town. And yeah, everyone's a type. Yeah, everyone's a specific type. Like, you, you can already, I could probably predict what they're going to say or do, what they'll look like. Just, um, she just relies heavily on stereotypes and mm-hmm. sometimes so much so that it's distracting and it pulls you out. Yeah. Can I share two of those examples that I wrote down? Yes, yeah, some of them are uncomfortable. Some of them are uncomfortable. So it was written in 2003. It's up to you if you think that that's long enough ago to justify some of the... Yeah, I told Matt I thought it was in the 80s. Yeah, sometimes it feels like that, to be totally honest. We're introduced to one of the dancer friends of Annabelle, who is the person who um, was found at the bottom of the stairs, like unconscious, and then goes to the hospital. We're introduced to her by... This is, this is, this is the paragraph where we're introduced to her. And so this character says... Sup, Claire, said the statuesque African-American girl with sculpted shoulders and a hip-hop attitude, as sharp as her long aquamarine fingernails. Your place is fat. P.H. And it's like, well, <laughs> wow. This is, yeah. this, is, this is a stereotype to the extreme. Like, but also, I, like, who uses fat, even fat in 2003? No one, uses, no one used fat when people used fat. <laughs> yeah. You know, That's a good point. And what what is a hip hop attitude? Yeah, that that leaves that uh, sets up a dangerous uh, conversation. Yeah, at this point, I guess that was like you know, fifteen years ago. Yeah, still. I mean, I can't imagine anyone saying a hip hop attitude in yeah. two thousand three. Still seems really. I I would like you know more nuance and just not stereotypes would be great. Yeah. My absolute favorite stereotype though is when there's a set piece where the character goes uh into a gay bar okay so they're in christopher street in new york and if you're unfamiliar that's like a high street for for gay bars they go first of all everyone's wearing leather like everyone and that always you know leather bars exist but like we're not all into leather you know (laughs) it's like 
<laughs> Glad you had to clear the air on well, that I'm, one. I, you know, I had a to. A lot of people are wondering. Well, yeah, maybe maybe Cleo was wondering. Not there's nothing wrong with with liking leather. I just like it's just not something that like if you go to Christopher Street, not everyone will be wearing it, as this is described in this novel. Um, I'm dying. <laughs> and the main character, so some they're following somebody who goes into a gay bar, and to get into the gay bar, for some reason. Claire Cosi, our protagonist, thinks that she can't just walk in as a woman, which, unless you're going to the, like, seediest sex club for gay men, I can't imagine what bouncer in a normal bar is going to stop somebody from yeah. entering just because they're a woman. I mean, you might get... Like, I, I've been in a few, uh, like, predominantly male bars in Boston, and I would I would get just get some looks if I was going there with some friends, like... Yeah, but you got in. I, yeah, but I got, no one was, like, barring me, no ma'am... Right. Skedaddle. I was I was allowed in. And also this place is called Oscar's Wiles, which does not sound like a leather bar to me. No, definitely not. Oscar's Wiles sounds like a I don't know, like a pub that you go to, like that's a gay pub. I don't do you know what I mean? Yeah. I it doesn't, doesn't to me it doesn't sound like a leather bar like fault line. But she <laughs> or like But she obviously thinks that her only option is to go incognito. Incognito, okay. Sorry, I'm I'm getting, I'm getting off the point. So she she ties down her breasts, she like wraps them, she, and then she puts on a big hoodie and, a, and she hides her hair in a cap, and she takes off all of her makeup, and she goes into this gay bar to pursue this person, and she ends up getting hit on. And so she goes up to, I'm getting ahead of myself, she goes up to the, the bar, and this is what comes out of her mouth. She says, give me a brewski. And keep the change. She's giving herself away, and not even just in a gay bar, any setting. Brewski? Was there a point, did anyone ever say Brewski? Except maybe like that, the, your gross uncle. Yeah. A, a choice. Yeah. It's a choice. And so she gets hit on in the bar, and the line that she gets picked up with is, you look lonely, boy cheeks. <laughs> you know, honestly, like boy that. Boy I know. What is that? I like sweet cheeks or. Boy cheeks. Boy cheeks. <laughs> I mean, it, that is a gift. Yeah, you have boy to admit cheeks. that is a gift, and then I'm, I'm, I will, I will always. Yeah, if you find yourself single to, again, on what grounds for that line? Yeah, but some of the more dated feeling references, like the ones I just listed, there are there is a, a bright side to them, which is like they go they break into somebody's hotel room, they find that person's ma- like laptop, and it's a described as a tangerine MacBook. Yeah, and that is so I mean, that like took me back to mm-hmm. the early. 2000s I'm like oh i could see that like plastic like clamshell yeah no, like I mean, notebook she also references a lot of uh early 2000 this is like i think she even spent some time on 9-11 too if i were, yes yeah remember correctly so i think she's definitely someone who is she's for uh, i think she's from new york right or she lived there for a long time i'm not sure but yeah I, I, yeah i think um, i i they definitely lived there mm-hmm. yeah so like, yeah, that's it, but at least I guess it provides some comic relief. The yeah, ones that aren't I, problematic, they're yeah. it's funny, you know. I mean, honestly, like the whole package just reminds me of like a Hallmark movie in terms of like its scope and and the kind of set pieces it has. And I could easily see this being adapted into a Hallmark movie. I can even see it being a yeah a mini series of sorts. Yeah, because there's a lot of fodder there with different characters that come into the cafe. I think the world that is created in the, in the series is really ripe for po- like it has a lot of possibility. Mm-hmm. I think so too. 
And, and, and truly, like, I mean, I, we're kind of poking fun at some of the dated elements of it, but it, it was fun to read. And I, I, did, I did feel relaxed when I was reading it. And there was one morning I was drinking coffee while reading it, and it felt like a good combination. Yeah, if you're a coffee lover, I think this would be a great read. Yeah. Because she does get extremely specific in making coffee, or she ties it back to her family roots. I think she even talked about like reading coffee grounds. Her grandmother would read coffee grounds fortunes and yeah, it's just a lot of different interesting ways she plays with coffee and uses it for character development, which I, which I enjoyed. Oh yeah. I love the, like the reading the grounds thing. Yeah. Like the tea leaves. Like that was a, like a layer that didn't have to be there. That was that I really enjoyed. Yeah. That, that felt like it like helped flesh out the character a bit. And added this kind of like supernatural element that I wasn't expecting and enjoyed. It's super cool that she included that. I like that a lot. What could have improved the book for me is if there was some room to breathe. The plot just kept moving forward, which I mean, like that, it is engaging in that way. Like it keeps moving forward at a clip. But when you look at the whole thing in total, it's like this took, takes place over two days, about like two or three days. I would have preferred to have some space where I got like, because what I really enjoy in Cozy Mysteries personally is the the scenes of domesticity and the scenes of people just doing their everyday life, like yeah. living their everyday lives. And then from that, those mundane experiences coming into contact with dramatic or cr- like unusual events. Yeah, I think in the one of the Lucy Stone, she's like dropping her kids off at sailing class or something and right. she runs into the murderer. Yeah, exactly. Like that to me, like, and maybe that's just like because that's the series that got me into it. That's the blend I really like. Mm-hmm. I, I really like that sort of like I, people are just genuinely going about their everyday lives and they run into these like crazy events and or like a suspect or someone they wanted to talk to is like at the store with them. And it wasn't that they like went out of their way to like break into a thing because at the end of the day, they're not detectives, mm-hmm. but rather that like through serendipity, like the case keeps kind of like popping up and kind of work with that. And and it's they're both equally kind of like it, unrealistic approaches, but I feel like the other one is more sort of relaxing. And it's more like, oh, okay, that's new information, but I still get to be in my my idol. You know, I yeah. get to I get to be in my small town atmosphere or in this case like a I just wanted more scenes of like her hanging out in the coffee shop with her employees and like yeah. maybe a clue comes in through like a, someone who comes into the coffee shop and says something, give me more of like a typical vibe for a day. Instead of let's, let's instead of like immediately out. like yeah. it's like the day that she has. I'm like wow. Like you go in the morning, your assistant manager like that. You you get interviewed by the police. You go to the hospital and then you come back and you make a dinner for your family as if nothing happened. Yeah. And and then she brings over her boyfriend and like that. And then you're just focused on that and you're not just like how do you not at that point just go. I have to cancel dinner. I've had like an exhausting day. Like how I, I feel I would have loved that. I would have loved her to be like, maybe instead of the plot moving forward, because it was convenient, we wanted to have the characters be introduced. She does something a real person would do, which is like, I need like, I just need a moment. Cause like this day has been absolutely insane. Or like maybe her daughter comes over to support her. Yeah. Like, or they and, have put something you know, on the kettle. Cause that's a lot of. Yeah, exactly. Or like get takeout. Yeah. Something more relaxing. We, we see a lot of, other protagonists and relaxing moments. The one that the library series, which Jim yeah, McKinley. Jim McKinley's. Yeah, yeah. Library Lovers. And so that protagonist was always indulging in food, mm-hmm. you know, whether it be 
also, you know, wine or something or always hanging out in her apartment, which was always beautifully drawn and um, just where you can relax with them in their relaxing moments because you need that downtime in between. You're chasing this person, that person. That's what partly makes it cozy, all those little extra moments where we see those characters just, um, you know, recollecting their thoughts or hanging out. Yeah, and getting to share that moment with the characters. Yeah, I, honestly, I would read more of the series. I know, I know, I gave it a hard time for a lot of reasons that I think are legitimate. But yeah. um, ultimately, I had a pleasurable experience reading them. They, they, this does what cozy mysteries do, which is sort of relax you and let you sort of take a mental vacation. Yeah, it's you know, definitely served its purpose. And I, I would be interested to perhaps you know read another one just to see where she goes with mm-hmm. her writing and character development and what happens there. What other scenarios? come into play through this cafe. Cause like we talked about before, it has, there's so many possibilities. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a really great world. Yeah. And, and, and I think a lot of potential. Yeah. Boy, this series might, you know, it might be long lasting. <laughs> it might have 18 books. How many books does it have now? It's like at least a dozen. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. A lot. It's, it's a, it's a popular series and not the only one. I feel like there was a lot of coffee books that, coffee cozies that I encountered trying to figure out which one we would read. Yeah. And your recommendations are always happy to have. Um, it's exciting choosing a new book each time. Yeah, absolutely. And we need more recs because like we need a new book for next month. And yeah. So if you have any um, suggestions for either cozy mysteries we should read or cozy books in general that are about feeling cozy or making your lives cozier or aren't necessarily mysteries, but are calming and relaxing books, please drop on into the Facebook group or um, our Facebook page or Instagram and comment and let us know what you think we should read next. Yeah. You guys have some great ideas, so I just love hearing them. That brings us to celebrities that calm us. Who who will we pick today on celebrities that calm us? My celebrity that calms me this week is Emma Chambers. And she's not a household name. Mm-hmm. But she is in my favorite TV show of maybe all time, which I've mentioned far too often, probably on this podcast, The Vicar of Dibley, which was a, uh, a British television series starring Don French yeah. about a vicar in Dibley. <laughs> so she's like a, the, uh, one of the first female vicars, the first female vicar in the town. And the series centers on... The townspeople being uncomfortable with a female vicar and leading, leading the church. She's trying to, like, get them to think in new ways, these kind of, like, old, crotchety townspeople. And one of those inhabitants is of the, of the town is this sweet, simple woman named Alice Tinker. She's just ridiculous. She's, mm-hmm. at the end of every episode, you have Alice Tinker like, misunderstanding a joke that the vicar is trying, like, a dirty joke that the vicar tells her, and she, like, totally misses the point and it's and it's you know hilarity ensues yeah and in in episodes like she's just a bizarre person who like thinks she's related to jesus and is is very very gullible but like ultimately incredibly kind-hearted and just a pure soul and she's played to perfection by emma chambers you may also know emma chambers as um the actress who was in notting hill she played hugh grant's sister oh yes And she tragically passed away in February. And I just found out about it this week, which is why I'm bringing her up up today. 
it was really hard to hear that, that because like yeah. you know I, very unexpected it's unexpected she was 53 mm. very young that is very sad yeah it's it's just very sad to lose um such a special actress and someone who brought so much joy and was a really special part of you know that show and and uh television and film yeah that's just, sounds like she has some great contributions yeah yeah so she, she will be she will be missed so Emma Chambers is my cozy celebrity this week. My cozy celebrity this week is Mr. Rogers. It does not get cozier than that. I know. I was thinking about them like, wow, he really is the epitome of cozy. Did you watch the new documentary? Is that what's No, I saw choice? something on Twitter um, that explained why he would always narrate um, his feeding of the, of the fish. Oh, fish tank. And Be- why was that? Because um, one of the kids who was a fan of the show, I guess, had issues with eyesight. And mm-hmm. so she wasn't able to see him feeding the fish. So she expressed it. She wrote into the show and expressed a concern that the fish weren't, are the fish eating? Um, are they being taken care of? And so specifically for that uh child Mm -hmm. he decided to narrate everything and that's Mm -hmm. so so inclusive yeah and i just i said it's like a little tweet i think it was retweeted and it was a picture of him feeding the fish and it explained this you know sweet story because it makes you think well there are some people who yeah cannot see cannot you know watch the show you know with their their eyes and they can't see all of his actions and can't participate in that way so he's inviting um you know, his fans to be be involved in ways that maybe other leads of a show wouldn't be able to include right. them. And he's he's thinking about that and he's being conscious about that. And it just shows how much he would he cared about his audience. And it it, it kind of made me teary eyed. I don't know why it, it did that anecdote. Every, every me, new fact I found out about that man makes me teary eyed. Yeah. It was one of those moments when I really thought about I'm like, what a what a heart. Yeah. You know, to receive a, a note from a little girl and think to yourself like i need to make a change and i'm gonna change it in a more positive way to be more inclusive a very special person yeah he really was and so just the the heart is so cozy i mean it's cozy because i think he's just like a generally generally sweet man but also i mean every time i think about him i get teary-eyed because like i like i said just thinking about all the nice things he's ever said and done and just gets him misty-eyed it's almost beyond belief that someone could be so kind and, and open-hearted. Yeah. So. But Mr. Rogers seemed seems like he was like that guy. Yeah, all he the really time. was. I need to check out that documentary. Yeah. I don't. I don't know if I explained that anecdote very well, but no, no, no definitely you did. Um. So, but yeah, I, it's a sweet man. Very sweet. I feel like there's going to be religion that pops up around Mr. Rogers. Like in like a few hundred years, he'll be like the next Jesus. <laughs> People will like the he Bible according to Rogers. Yeah. The book of Roger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that brings us to our candle review. Yeah. So we are back in the, the paddy wagon, the paddy wax gun. Ah, I, l- I think I... Burning I have, a paddy wax candle. I like the... Uh, you can't really see it. Was it called the candle holder? What is it? Yeah, the candle holder. The candle holder is really nice. It's this concrete looking, which doesn't sound that appealing <laughs> visually, but it's usually, yeah, it's a concrete and they usually put like a, like a triangle, like a, a, triangle. Ge- a geometric shape. Yeah, a geometric shape with a nice shade of paint. And so this is fig and olive scented? The throw? 
I can, if I get closer, I can smell it. It's very, it's a nice faint. I've been burning smell. this one for a while, and I, I will say the throw. It takes it takes maybe about an hour, but it gets out there gradually. But I've I have become a total convert to patty wax candles. I love them. Yeah, and they have like really they have good. they're at least three scents that I have started to rotate between. They are just the right level of like just the right amount of subtle. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense? Like, or they just strong? They are just strong enough. They yeah. they don't overwhelm a space. They don't. They're not cloying in any way. And the the choice of scent is just it's very much like you're just around somebody who like has the right cologne kind of does that make any sense like it just sort of like feels like this fig and olive scent to me just like oh I'm in a I'm in a Greek restaurant <laughs> so, it's such a nice combination I'm on a Grecian of Isle st- <laughs> boy cheeks <laughs> oh God a Jillian <laughs> no you're having it on a Greek little no <laughs> there is a Greek officer in the novel. <laughs> Yeah, Demetrios. Demetrios, of course. <laughs> I think that she described him as hairy. Yeah. <laughs> which was really not okay. Of course she did. But anyways, <laughs> it's, a, it's a nice little combination of scents. That's an, a bright scent, I would say. It's, it's everything you need. I give it a wick. I give it a wick, too. Two wicks up. One, well, th- <laughs> yeah. Two wicks up. Two wicks lit. <laughs> this candle is lit. Yeah. Imagine this that, candle's fat. Imagine that the segment being this candle's lit. And you have a little intro. Yeah, exactly. This candle's lit, or this candle is snuffed. Light, lighter. I don't snuff. know about that. That's a, a dark thing. Oh, okay, you're thinking of snuff films. Yeah. <laughs> and that about does it for today, Jillian. Where can people find us? Uh, All things cozy podcast on Facebook and Instagram, and we also have a group which I need to do. More action. No, you, no, it's fine. We're, we're doing just the right amount. Don't, okay. don't, don't blame yourself. Yeah, I, I, I really love all the people who've chimed in on the Facebook yeah. group. I think we had someone who made Matt's grandma's cookies. That was really special. And that was then wonderful. we had someone explain um, this aspect of huga mm-hmm. that we didn't quite understand, which was why um, was it pottery or why dish fare was so important? Yes. And they gave us a great explanation with an example, and that was awesome. So I really love checking in on the group. And if you're not a part of it, please join. Um, and yeah, I love every, I just love our social media channels. We're not, not the biggest following, but the people who do follow are so involved and so nice. Genuinely, if I want to calm down, I scroll through our Instagram feed because we follow a lot of you and you are, you are living your Very cozy, cozy lives. I yes. know. And it, it's the stuff y'all post is really, really calming. Yeah. So keep it up. Thank you, Jillian. And thank thank you, listener. Yes. And as always, stay cozy. Stay cozy.